Blind man stood by the road and he cried. Blind man stood by the road and he cried. Blind man stood by the road and he cried. He cried, whoa. I don't know if any of you ever sang this song in camp or school, but I certainly did. At camp, it was one of our favorite songs, and we all mimicked the blind man by closing our eyes and waving our arms at an imaginary Jesus on the side of the road. Even as a high school student, there was something very powerful about a blind person reaching out and asking for the way and receiving an answer from Jesus that was so much more than simply guidance down the road to a particular physical destination. Most of the time when I hear this story of the healing of the blind man, the focus is on the restoration of the blind man's sight in contrast to the spiritual blindness of the Pharisees. But in the song I sang at camp, the Pharisees do not show up at all. But Jesus does. Jesus shows up and says to the blind man, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the way to go home. The camp song captures what this story is really about. This story of the blind man is more than the restoration of his physical ability to see. Indeed, Caroline Lewis tells us that the message is not the healing itself, but rather what the encounter with Jesus signifies. It is about how the blind man grows in his understanding of Jesus through his encounter, not through conversation. Jesus did not simply have a good old chat with the blind man and set him on the straight and narrow. Instead, the blind man embarks on a journey of discovery, hearing, seeing, and witnessing. Lewis says the truth of who Jesus is is what the blind man is able to see. And the blind man doesn't see Jesus first. He hears him. And this highlights the importance of hearing in the story, an importance that gets lost when we focus on sight only. The blind man follows Jesus' verbal instructions to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Then, when he returns to Jesus, he sees him in verse 11. And after seeing him, the blind man proceeds to witness with increasing certainty by calling him a prophet in verse 17, recognizing he must be from God, verse 33, and addressing Jesus as Lord and worshiping him in verse 38. So his witness grows as he is asked over and over again who Jesus is and how he possibly could have been healed of his blindness. Now, a few weeks ago, we heard the story of the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. And that's the story where Jesus talks about the sheep who knew their shepherd by the sound of his voice. Again, hearing is first in the encounter with Jesus. And believe it or not, this story in John chapter 10 is a continuity of what we heard in chapter 9 for today. Because at the end of chapter 9, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he continues in chapter 10 by telling them the story 
of the Good Shepherd. And in doing so, he integrates seeing and hearing with believing. In fact, the blind man's story in chapter 9 is the embodiment of the Good Shepherd's story in chapter 10. Hearing and seeing and believing equals knowing, or another way of saying knowing would be relationship. The blind man in John chapter 9 is the sheep who hears, sees, believes, and follows, resulting in a relationship with Christ. The blind man is the lost sheep, lost not as in fell away, but lost as in cast out by others. For Jesus finds all the lost, all who have fallen away, and all who are cast out. Jesus teaches us that no one is cast out and that all are included. Our own encounters with Jesus both develop and deepen our relationship with him just as we hear in the story with the blind man. So first we get to know Christ through the encounter and then our knowledge, our relationship with Christ is deepened through our witness. Just as the blind man retold his encounter to family and to the Pharisees, and you will check that text and see that his certainty grows with each telling, we too have opportunities to witness to our encounters with Christ when asked and when our intuition tells us an opportunity has presented itself. And just as the blind man who gets to know Jesus through his own witnessing, our deepening happens with each sharing of one of our encounters with Christ. And you see, when I mention this, I'm making an assumption that we'll, we will each have more than one encounter because we are human beings, beautiful and stubborn, and it often takes many times for us truly to grasp something. And just like the blind man, when we retell our own encounters with Jesus, we get to know him more and more deeply. And each time that we are called to witness, our choice to do so in the moment, to share who Jesus is and how we have come to know him, continually forms us in our journey as Christians. The story of the blind man today tells us that anyone can have an encounter with Christ. Absolutely anyone. And as we reflect on this story in the light of the intensity of life in this nation and on this planet this week, what does the message of the gospel mean? In light of panicky toilet paper buying runs and social distancing and COVID-19 tests and the stock market rising and falling like a faulty thermometer. Lent is a time in which we talk about sin more often. And the Pharisees in the story assume that the blind man must be a sinful person and therefore he is not worthy of their time and clearly in their eyes he is not worthy of being listened to or even being redeemed. It begs the question, do some people deserve to encounter Jesus more than others? This may sound like a strange question to ask, and yet I wonder if we don't already carry some of these assumptions just as we human beings tend to gatekeep about everything else. 
Who deserves public assistance and who does not? Who is legitimately trying to help themselves and who is not? Or the assumptions we carry that certain people are beyond saving or beyond forgiving. We have a propensity for writing people off, personally in terms of family or friends, if we are wronged, hurt, or offended, and societally when people violate social norms or laws. In the past two weeks, our lives in this nation, and indeed for many around the world, have become completely unpredictable. And we do not know what will happen from day to day or hour to hour. To wait and wonder in a nation of planning and scheduling, this is difficult. And yet, in the midst of it all, it is teaching us how to find God, to wonder how we can encounter Jesus in ways that are outside of our normal, familiar, daily routines of friends and family, of life and work. The blind man recognized Jesus before the Pharisees because he found him through an open heart. Compared to the Pharisees who had assumptions about who Jesus was, and then they could not fathom that he was different than their expectations, thus creating their own blindness. Frederick Streets reminds us that our search means being willing to see differently as a result of Jesus' challenges to our biases. The practice of constant humility and openness is a difficult one for the known, is always easier than the unknown. And so I wonder, as we walk forward this week, how will we continue to deepen our relationship with Jesus by sharing our previous encounters with others? How will we allow ourselves to continue to be open to new encounters, to continue to see differently, rather than assume that we already know how Jesus will reveal himself in the days ahead? And how will we find the light of Christ in the uncertainty to come in this time? Let us remember to live with humility instead of hubris. Let us remember to keep our eyes and our ears open for the unexpected. And let us ask God to teach us how to recognize in the difficult days ahead that other people's lights may be snuffed out with the suffering that is yet to come and that they will need us to be the flint and steel in order to keep finding a path forward. Jesus is teaching us that we may hear him before we see him, and even then that we will need an openness in our heart and soul to the possibility that indeed it is he. Jesus' teaching is an invitation to relationship with him and with God. And in these encounters through hearing and seeing, we are invited to witness to others the light that this relationship brings into our lives and to share how this can be a gift of light to others. And so may we go forth this week remembering that in God there is no darkness at all. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light.